How we feeling? How's it going, guys? This is Parshan with How We Feeling Podcast. And I'm here with special guest Shadon Quimira. And today we're going to talk about how the people who may seem the strongest may not always be the strongest. How are we feeling, Shadon? Feeling good. I'm excited to kind of share my story. Also a little nervous because I've never been this honest about the trials and tribulations I've gone through. But um, I think one thing that kept me strong in times of weakness was kind of finding meaning in the suffering. And like one of the things that really meant to me was shedding light and positivity to other people. So if this story kind of reaches out to one person and it helps one person, I think that's like, that keeps me happy. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful, Shadon. Um, well, should we start from the root of everything or how do you want to start? Um, we could start from the beginning. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Take it away. Okay. So, um, when I was 16 years old, I went on a run and after the run, I just started feeling disoriented. Um, at the time, I didn't know why, but the cavernous malformation in my brain had blood and I had a stroke. And um, yeah, the rest <laughs> after that incident, it just was kind of a big mess of confusion, frustration, stress, anxiety, depression. But yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything in particular? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I I wasn't there when that happened, but, I, you know, I came. I visited you at the hospital and everything, and it was amazing because you were surrounded by family and everything. And I, I want to know, like, if you even, when you, did you feel that? Did you feel, like, you know, the energy around you was always looking for the best of you and wanted you, did you feel that? Is that what, like, motivated you to come out? Like, when you were, you were in a coma, correct? Mm -hmm. How long were you in a coma for? Um, a little less than a day. A little less than a day. Mm -hmm. But, like, during that, like, did you feel that, like, no matter what, that you're coming out of this strong? And, and did you feel, like, the energy of, like, family, friends, and all this being around you? Like, what got you out of it? Yeah, I mean, I woke up and... I didn't really understand what was happening mm -hmm. and I didn't really ask any questions. I think that you can kind of compare me to a baby. Mm -hmm. So like babies do things so you know that they are cognitive and that they have brains and they're thinking, but they can't really communicate mm -hmm. effectively. And that's somewhat the position that I was put in. So like the communication between my brain and my muscles was severed. So mm -hmm. when I woke up, I didn't understand anything. I was just kind of looking around. I wasn't really thinking like a 16-year-old should, you know. Mm -hmm. But all I could feel was the energy of love. And mm -hmm. that really made me so happy. Even I didn't really focus on what I lost. I mm -hmm. thought about all the people that were there. And mm -hmm. it just meant so much to me. And, yeah, I think I think that's why love is just so powerful. And it has kept me so strong. And... Yeah, it's something that everyone, like everyone needs to know that they're loved if they're ever, you know, in a bad place because it's some it's so strong. Mm -hmm. It keeps you going, you yeah. know? Love is always there. Yeah. Um and you can't deflect it, you know. Like people are like, Oh no, like my people no one loves me, like my parents don't love me, all this, all that, but like it's always there. You have to just 
know that it's there. Even though you're going through tough times with people and stuff, like, the love is always there, and you have to feed off of that love. Yeah, I think even, you know, after the fact, because, like, two years after I had Mm -hmm. a stroke, there was a very low point in my time, you know, and a lot of that was because I forgot how loved I was and how much I loved to spread joy and love my friends and family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of isolated myself from everyone else. And that just resulted in like a deep depression. And, you know, if you convince yourself that you're not loved, you're going to believe it. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to fall into that trap and down that hole. And it's hard to get out of it as well. But, you know, you just have to remind yourself and give yourself, feed yourself those affirmations that I am loved and I'm loving. And yeah, it's important. What what made you... So you had the stroke, and then two years later, you said you felt you weren't loved? Yeah. Like, what, mm-hmm. what made you think that? Because, like, I mean, during that time, you're recovering and stuff. Like, what was going on between then, and then what made you feel that, okay, I'm, I don't feel loved? Like, what was going... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, how did it lead me to that point? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And after the stroke, I just went through so many different phases Mm -hmm. and you know just like thinking about it like I get confused even now because I don't even understand what I was feeling like at times I felt crazy at times I felt just so low and then some other times I just felt so like positive and like inspired for the future but like so when I first had the stroke and I was released from rehab I Well, I was heartbroken, I guess, because everything that I had loved was gone, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was put into a situation that I never wanted for myself. Like when you're younger, you always envision like a perfect life, you know, Mm -hmm. I had wanted to go to a four year college, like play soccer and stuff. And then I couldn't I suddenly couldn't even move my right leg, you know, and I was taking all these AP courses and then I had to drop them because you know sorry (laughs) because you know I had gone through a brain hemorrhage so yeah after that I just was heartbroken and Mm -hmm. then I kind of closed my heart off I guess you could say Mm -hmm. to you know loving things again because I was afraid to experience that hurt Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and then you know that just kind of evolved and manifested itself until three years later and then I had kind of awakening when I was kind of meditating and Mm -hmm. Mm self-reflecting and I kind of realized what I had done and it was a wake-up call and I realized that like you know love is everywhere and like it keeps you going because if you don't have love on this earth then why are you here you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) it keeps you like your physical body like kind of grounded Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) so you didn't you didn't realize like all the work and what you had accomplished during that time? Like, no. You didn't see how you went from zero and back to where you are now? Like, you didn't see that at all? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, literally not at all. <laughs> I woke up and, you know, I barely had realized what had happened to me, mm-hmm. right? And so I was just kind of trusting my own flow. I didn't realize this at the time, but I was just 
going with the flow. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a bad thing, I think, because I had always been a hard worker on, like, the soccer field and school mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. That I was, I just had found something to, like, be passionate about. And that was, like, my own recovery. So I was really, it was just natural for me. And then, you know, after, like, I kind of re-entered the world, mm-hmm. um, I remember realizing, like, oh, it's not meant for me anymore. I don't know if that makes sense, but I went to go, like, eat sushi. And it was my first time leaving rehab, and I couldn't grab the chair to, like, move it out for me. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I realized, like, wow, like, I can't do so many of the things that, like, just came naturally to me. Mm -hmm. And, And so I quickly became super hard on myself, Mm -hmm. and I blame myself for that. Like, even though it was a genetic mishap, I guess you could say, I just kind of blame myself because it was my own genetics and my Mm -hmm. own brain that kind of blood yeah and I know that sounds so much of like a jump but yeah you know I was like immature and it was like traumatizing so I just jumped to that conclusion Mm -hmm. you didn't know you wanted to blame something yeah (laughs) you wanted to to blame something and you just thought the easiest thing is to blame yourself yeah because you only can control yourself in this like life you Mm -hmm. know and so when you can't blame yourself, like, what was I supposed to blame, you know? (laughs) But, like, later I realized that, you know, that's just life. You can't, it's preposterous to just, Mm -hmm. like, blame yourself for having a brain hemorrhage, you know? Yeah. And, but, sorry, back to the fact. (laughs) So, because I was just so hard on myself, Mm -hmm. um, I expected myself to be perfect. And I think when you're hard on yourself, it's so hard for you to actually be genuine and that perfection or that strive for perfection nearly kind of killed me. And yeah, it was, I just never really wanted to acknowledge that I was proud of myself because I thought the only way that I could continue to work hard was if I had always pressured myself to exceed, mm-hmm. reg- like despite the like the negative energy I was like bestowing upon myself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Do you ever feel that way? (laughs) Yeah, I think... So you're saying, like, you were never going to be happy with yourself until you got to where you wanted to be? I feel like it was somewhat endless because I... Yeah, but but then... But then... Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, (laughs) okay. Like, where you wanted to be, you didn't know where you wanted to be. You just wanted to keep going to get to somewhere, but you don't know where that place was. I was definitely running and Uh avoiding the actual... Issues within me, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, they were issues because I had never had closure or made peace with the fact that I had a stroke and it was burdening my soul. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever feel like there's something heavy within you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I let it, like, control my life, even though I wanted to claim that I was so perfect and that, like, I was so strong and stuff. I think doing so, what made me worse off, I guess, because if you don't acknowledge the issues, then, you know, you just move on and pretend like they're not there. And then, you know, you end up in a deeper hole. (laughs) Over time. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so I think I used my tough attitude as motivation, Mm -hmm. but it really made me really sad within Mm -hmm. because that's not what I wanted for myself. It didn't make me truly happy. Yeah. But it just took a lot of bravery to get myself to say that because I was afraid that if I didn't use 
that negative energy as motivation that I wouldn't want to, you know, do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I wouldn't want to, like, go to the gym, That's... like, get straight A's, like, get, like, get a job, do anything, you know? Yeah. But in reality, you just have to trust yourself and you have to tell yourself that you're doing what's best for yourself in this very moment every single day and that you're working for a better future because mm-hmm. I didn't trust myself and then I fell apart, you know? <laughs> yeah. You just you, you just used that negative energy as fuel to push you to somewhere that, like, you were, like, didn't really have the, have the answers to, though. You just yeah. were, like, pushing to nothing until yeah. you found something. Yeah. And it created, like, bad habits, mm-hmm. you know? And bad habits, like, in terms of, like, what I used to do and what I used to think. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So get me into your, you said you mentioned meditation yeah. and that mm-hmm. stuff. And that's when, you know, you started feeling much better about yourself. So what part of meditation? Because that's like, I mean, I've tried to meditate before, like multiple times. And I've never been able to get into that full, like Zen, you know, just existing in the present time. So like, take me through your meditation and how that like made you prosper in life. Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm still learning. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. meditating ever since six months after my stroke. And mm-hmm. when I used to meditate, I used to just cry because I had the most major realizations, but I was very unpleased with them mm-hmm. because of my perspective on things. You mm-hmm. know, you could look at things from a thousand different ways. And the way I was looking at looking at it was like a very you know, 16 year old way, like, (laughs) and, but also, like, I'm sure other people, like, if it had happened to them when they were in their 20s or 30s, they would have to go through the same thing, you Mm -hmm. know, but it was a very negative way, so I would just kind of cry and feel hopeless, but, Mm -hmm. um, so once I started community college, um, and, you know, I didn't have, I kind of took a break from people, I guess you could say, I wanted Mm -hmm. a lot of time to myself, Mm -hmm. Because I just, it just felt right at the time. And I wanted to figure out the answers within me because I, I knew that I was like anxious, depressed, but mm-hmm. I had used like social gatherings as a way to kind of distract myself or like just overworked my body, mind, soul, mm-hmm. just to like avoid everything. And you didn't so, want to, you didn't want to be alone. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was afraid of that. And, yeah. um, but yeah, there were days where I would just meditate for, like, three hours, right? And, like, I would just be in my thoughts. And I think my... I've had few breakthroughs. And one of the significant ones was just realizing that I hadn't been honest with myself. Mm-hmm. And that's because I wanted to be a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you're literally lying to yourself, how do you expect to get anywhere? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the times we don't want to be honest with ourselves and mm-hmm. that's normal, you know, sadly, yeah, yeah. sadly it's normal. It's just cause I don't know. I don't know. It could relate to the type of world world we live in and everything that we just can't accept what's wrong with us. Exactly. Because it's, we want to be yeah. quote unquote perfect. Everyone's hard on themselves and because everyone else seems to be doing everything else right. Yeah. Except for you. So you just compare yourself to other people. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know like what's going on with them, you know? And exactly. They just seem perfect. And it could be through how you're interacting with them on social media or 
you know, that's a huge problem. Yeah. You know, all I that. remember during this phase, uh-huh. I just deleted social media for like three months. <laughs> and it was really nice to clear my head mm-hmm. and kind of have no outside influences mm-hmm. dictating what I do because mm-hmm. I wanted to see my my genuine thoughts and actions like uh-huh. just play out and like see what happened. Yeah. And there was also there was like this method of meditation that I had practiced for a probably a month where I got into a very peaceful state of mind mm-hmm. and I asked myself questions and I imposed no limits on myself. Mm-hmm. And so I figured out what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be. And it wasn't anything crazy. <laughs> I think I think that in high school, I just got so caught up that I forgot that I truly cherish being a nice person. Mm-hmm. And I, if like on my deathbed, if I look back and don't think that I was like the nicest person I could be, I'll instantly regret like everything. (laughs) So it wasn't like a career path. (laughs) It was just being nice. But also like I got into the habit of imposing limits upon myself Mm -hmm. just based on my disabilities and just everything else. But I'm sure other people, regardless of what they have going on, they impose limits on themselves, like in terms of like, athleticism career Mm -hmm. school you know you tell yourself like oh i'm dumb Mm -hmm. or oh i can't do this i can't do this i can't do do that that. and that that seriously took a toll on me Mm -hmm. it was one of the hardest things i had to kind of stop doing because i had told myself oh i can't run because of my leg or i can't Mm -hmm. play soccer again or i can't Mm -hmm. do it correctly because even though i mean people see that i was like going back and to like the soccer team and like being team mom and stuff. They don't know that what was going through my head was like just so many nerves and like this utter feeling of me feeling like I wasn't meant to be there and that hurt me. So I just didn't feel like it was right for me. Yeah. But you know, I think, I think, Sorry, this is cheesy, but playing soccer is like <laughs> it just means so much to me. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm there. I'm, like, I'm on that same yeah. boat. I'm on that same boat. I feel that. I feel yeah. that for sure. And it it is meant for me because it completely shaped who I am today. Mm-hmm. But I just I think I lost myself so much that it didn't feel right. Yeah. So I had to find myself again, of course. Yeah. But that just takes a while because having a stroke and a brain hemorrhage, it kind of feels like your soul leaves your body. And meditation helped me recover my soul again and feel whole again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and be more conscious because I remember, like, for the two years that I had just been floating through life, I wasn't conscious of my words, my actions, Mm -hmm. anything. And, you know, I just lost myself completely, entirely. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mm-hmm. totally feel that. And the whole thing you said about soccer, um, I feel like that's, like, with any type of, like, hobby anyone loves, is that this is, like, your space. This is where you can just, you know, not think about anything. And just, it's super therapeutic, you know? Yeah. Like, your passion is your therapy, again. And um, that's, yeah, I see that. And, like, that must be so tough to lose, you know? I had the biggest identity crisis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something that had kind of dictated my entire world was just, I woke up and it was gone. <laughs> Including running and track, you yeah. know? But mostly soccer, because I had played soccer since I was five years old. And so I woke up and I thought, if I'm not good at it, what does it mean to me anymore? 
you know? And it took me three years to realize that it's what it means to me in my own terms. I don't have to be like fucking Ronaldo. Like, <laughs> I can still like soccer. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. But I think <laughs> my pride and ego grew very big mm-hmm. after my stroke because I had felt so internally weak that I wanted to, you know, on the surface, I wanted to be as hard Tough. as steel, yeah, right? Yeah. And so if I wasn't good at any, something, like, in the slightest, I would just say, like, like no, fuck that. <laughs> but, it, yeah, just turning my back away from it mm-hmm. made me question who I was. And, like, I feel like I had to rebrand myself or, like, yeah. kind of build myself up. But in reality, I'm still shattered just because I had a stroke, you know? And that took me a long time to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I... I I don't even I can't even put myself in your shoes, but that's something that's really like powerful, you know, like just losing everything you thought was true, and then being like, shit, I kind of have to restart, you know. Yeah, and I felt where, like a baby. And, 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 and like, where where do I restart? That's like the hardest thing, you know. Like exactly. I remember driving, so my um. My friend used to take me to the gym every single day, mm-hmm. and it was so important to me. Um, I had become a control freak. Like, I was <laughs> I was just grasping at anything that I can control in mm-hmm. terms of even nutrition. Just, like, it evolved to, like, even me controlling my social life or, like, just going to the gym. Like, I needed to do these things in order to, like, go on through my day. Mm-hmm. And that, well... Like, spoiler alert, <laughs> spoiler alert, that's not good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, on the way to the gym, I would pass by soccer fields, and, like, I would tear up every single day for, like, a year, just, like, thinking about the kind of rushes of adrenaline I used to get playing or, like, how happy I would be on the field. Mm-hmm. And I think what's important to rem- for me to remember was that Having a stroke wasn't me saying goodbye. It was just me kind of having to reintroduce myself again because I used to be so adamant on not getting closure with the things I used to love. But in reality, like, it didn't have to be closure. You know, I could still do the things I love. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's not about changing myself. It's just about finding myself again. Yeah, I mean, um, it's really tough to hear that, like, you know, losing your passion at such a, like, a peak age in your life, um, and everything just feels like, you know, you have nothing and all that, what, um, new passions came to you to help drive you to move forward? Yeah, I think it was, it was really hard to lose everything that I loved, and, you know, when it was gone, I was just kind of left with the consequential, consequential, sorry, consequential question, like, who are you if you're not on a soccer team, if you don't have, if you're not in school, if you're not doing the things that you normally love? Mm-hmm. But I think what I realized probably three years after, I was reading a book called The Seven Healthy Habits of Effective People. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it mentioned core values. And that was something that I had thought about during like my meditation session. And I realized that, those hobbies are like they're nice to preoccupy your time you know but you know who you are at your core matters more and 
I think I'm, you know, hardworking mm-hmm. on the soccer field or in the classroom yeah. or at the gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those things can carry out throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I don't, they kept me driven, mm-hmm. but it's somewhat weird because they weren't what kept me positive, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times I, when I went to the gym, I had the intention of, you know, like moving better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This isn't like relatable because um, not a lot of people have issues with like their motor skills. ability. Yeah, motor yeah. skills. <laughs> but um, yeah, I found a great joy in working out, but it wasn't what kept me, you know, here like on earth and I think during my lowest time which lasted probably a few months Mm -hmm. it was when I had considered myself the biggest failure Mm -hmm. and it was because someone had you know mentioned like you know well all these things were adding up it wasn't just because someone mentioned that like Mm -hmm. they brought up how I was like brain damaged right but Mm -hmm. You know, it's no hate to that person because, you know, they they have the right to say whatever they want. But I think it impacted me so much was because of the subconscious belief that I truly thought that I was brain damaged. It was a big, you know, insecurity of mine. And so I started to really feel like I was brain damaged. You Mm -hmm. know, I started to let it allow it to manifest in my head. And it grew so powerful because it was all I could think about. Mm -hmm. And if I'm, if I can't, if I'm not cognitive, then what does that mean for my future? And if I don't have a positive future, what does that mean for my present, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I like, you know, why not, why waste my time here when I could just see what's next for me, Mm -hmm. you know? So I did attempt suicide probably three times, you know? And... Yeah, but I think what kind of got me out of that mm-hmm. hole was just the realization of what I was thinking, you know. Suicide kept becoming an intrusive thought. And, you know, I kind of asked myself, like, out of the millions of thoughts that you could have, why are you thinking of this? Yeah. <laughs> like, you could th- be thinking about something like surfing or like butterflies or like mm-hmm. soccer or rabbits or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> out of all yeah. the random thoughts, like why are you allowing yourself to have such a These, negative one, yeah. you know? And that was the start of it. It was by no means the answer to all my problems, mm-hmm. but it was just the realization or me beginning to realize that like my options aren't so limited limited right yeah i i still there's so many doors that are open right and that was just something hard for you to realize in that moment yeah in those couple months well it's because i well i had also blamed myself for a lot of things Mm -hmm. i blame myself for and they were actually quite stupid (laughs) um i think when i was a very anxious person i'd gained 50 pounds and that meant a lot to me because like I kind of put myself in that position and I had, you know, blame myself for gaining that much weight and making myself having, like I had, I like felt like I had to make myself 
as skinny as possible now. So I blame myself for having to go through that whole journey. Mm-hmm. And then I blame myself for, you know, going to community college, even though that is not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that was just my, those were my, that was my mindset at the time, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. And it was a lot of negative self-talk mm-hmm. and a pessimistic way of looking at the world. Mm-hmm. But it's so common with people, yeah. I think. And I think I started thinking those things because of my influences around me mm-hmm. and me believing what society tells you, you yeah. know? Not trusting who you are. Exactly. But I fell out of trusting myself yeah. because, you know, after my incident, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't trust myself anymore because I wanted to look to others for answers. Mm-hmm. Because they had working limbs. They, you know, they didn't, like, go through what I did. Yeah. And so they must be perfect. Mm -hmm. And there was also a part of me that wanted a perfect future. And so if I looked to others for, and, like, kind of replicated what they were doing, then I would somehow just, like, have no other issues in the future, mm-hmm. even though we're two unique beings. You know, you can't yeah. really compare yourself yeah. to other people. You can't. And, like, and when, I, I knew that, but I didn't really believe it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, when, when you do that, that's, in a sense, lying to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, in these circumstances, it's, like, it's hardest to accept what, like, is happening in the present, what is the present. That's, like, the hardest thing to accept. But... Once you accept it, I feel like you can attest to this. Everything from there is like, okay, I'm here. It's okay that I'm here. But I know from here on, I'm always, no matter what, going to better myself. Even if it takes however long. But I know each day I'm taking little nibbles at it and I'm I'm going in a direction. Rather than like following a direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there are no... There's no rule book to this, yeah, you know? There isn't. <laughs> like, there isn't. I, it's somewhat ironic that we're put on this earth and we're given such obstacles and, like, n- there are no set answers to how to do it. Mm-mm. And yet people try to preach, like, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing yeah. that. When, you know, we all end up in a hole someday. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, you no, might as well do your thing, you yeah, know? It's just all these, all these, you know, external forces push people. Yeah, maybe those people are preaching those things because they have so much uncertainty in them. them. Yeah, you know, um, they just so, want to feel so right because yeah. no, you can't really control anything. So yeah, no, there's um, I don't know if you read Eckhart. Have you heard of Eckhart? Mm-mm. He's like um, I don't know if he's a philosopher, but he's like someone who talks about consciousness and all this, and he talks about the ego. Yeah, and what he says is that um, okay, let me get a good okay. He says that the ego creates a wrong to make you right, to boost your ego. Yeah, yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's so true. Like, nothing is really wrong or right except for, you know, certain things like murder and assault and stuff like that, obviously. But, like, nothing else in life, like you doing life, is wrong or right, mm-hmm. you know? There's, I, everyone's yeah. just trying to figure it out. <laughs> and there's certain paths people can take that are, like, told to them to take, but, like, that might not, that's not the right path for everyone, and that's the hardest thing to, like, come to realization with, especially when you're a kid going 
down this similar path of like school, you know, mm-hmm. and just like going through that with harder circumstances and being told that like this is the right thing to do, even though you know it's not for you, is just I can't even imagine how hard that is. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's very common for people to fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. Um, ego played a huge role in like a lot of the things I used to do, mm-hmm. and. I'm not ashamed of it because, you know, everyone has an ego. Yeah. And especially when you're younger, you, like, barely even recognize it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, even, like, in high school, because I had kind of more, I had disabilities, right? (laughs) I have, like, a, (laughs) so there's just this incessant need to look so beautiful and, like, grab everyone's attention, like, like, like boys attention you know Mm -hmm. because (laughs) I wanted to prove to myself that like no you're still pretty (laughs) like even though like this happened to you like Uh you know and that was like ego working (laughs) and kind of like killing me and keeping me from having genuine relationships with people yeah (laughs) yeah yeah man ego (laughs) ego is tough but once you recognize your ego and you know, once you recognize it, that's when I feel like... When I recognized you... it, I literally cried for, like, hours. <laughs> I was like, what? What, what made you and recognize it? Um, so I was meditating. Okay. <laughs> I just kind of was thinking about why I do the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Kind of rethinking a lot of who I was. Mm-hmm. And thinking about my intentions mm-hmm. with things. Just being very, like, introspective. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. I used to have very toxic relationships with people, with working out, with nutrition, with doing the things that I normally would love. And that's because my ego kind of made me want to do it for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I developed probably, not probably, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to be really honest. I developed like an eating disorder and... Mm-hmm. I did that for the wrong reasons because, you know, I just wanted to feel so indestructible and kind of, I wanted to please others, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Like, Mm -hmm. I wanted my looks to... To be what... People wanted me to be. People wanted you to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of blame the trauma for that (laughs) and me not acknowledging the trauma because (laughs) I became a big people pleaser Mm -hmm. and... Just everything I did, even with, like, my social activities, like, I just wanted to please everyone. Yeah. And I, that made me further from pleasing myself. Yeah. Which isn't, which is not, like, necessarily a bad thing, I would say. But the only... It's your intention. It's, yeah, yeah. But, like, for me, how I can relate to this is that, like, yeah, for me at first, I would love to please people. And I I was a huge people pleaser, and I would always put them in front of myself. Mm -hmm. And then it came to the point where I kind of lost what I wanted you know I was pleasing people because I loved pleasing people but there were so many other things that I loved to do that I didn't do because I was too busy pleasing others and what I'm trying to get to is that like in order to please people if that's the thing you want to do you have to please yourself and take care of yourself first because if you're not doing that you're just gonna keep feeling more separated and separated from yourself yeah you can't love others until you love yourself. Yeah. And I truly hated myself for the longest time. I developed an eating disorder, like, when 
I would seriously want to throw up every time I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm not even being dramatic. I'm just doing, I'm mm-hmm. just saying this for the sake of being honest, but yeah. I really hated myself mm-hmm. and I did have body dysmorphia and obviously I gained weight, but I don't think that was the only reason why I hated myself. Mm-hmm. I think I also hated what had happened to me yeah, and the position I was put in. And I don't think, although I didn't, I handled it to an extent very well, but me being a perfectionist, I blame myself for not being more gracious or not being more, you know, put together. Because mm-hmm. I did fall apart at certain points and I cried a lot. I became very emotional. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing and, wrong with that. And I felt like a burden to so many people because of my, you know, tears, my so many things Just I needing, needed to do. Needing, yeah. <laughs> needing like help from others. You yeah. felt that like you shouldn't be asking for help because yeah. it would bug other people, bug your friends. Yeah. Especially after the two year mark, I just thought like, why am I not done with this? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the start of me isolating myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't isolate myself because I was fed up with people. I isolated myself because I had a belief that no one really wanted anything to do with me. Damn. You know? And that was, you know, you should never really do that because... Mm -hmm. I feel like... Yeah, I feel like um, your loved ones and people you always reach out to, no matter what it is, will always be there for you. But us humans, you know, really, well, most of us really just think that, like, oh, maybe this is too much. I'm, I'm doing too much. I'm a burden. I'm all this. I'm all that. But, like, in reality, like, maybe, you know, at first communicate, am I being a burden? And if they're saying no, don't doubt that. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of times, like, when I'm going through, like, my shit and, like, I'm, like, complaining about, you know, whatever it is, I complain and then I'm like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> can I keep complaining? You know, I don't really ask yeah. that, though. It just feels weird, like, you're in this weird circumstance, but it's honestly not. And I love hearing people complain to me. Like, I love that because I know, like, you know, I'm there for them, I'll be there for them, and mm-hmm. that that relationship is the same thing like vice versa like you know it's all the same we're all of our loved ones are here for each other and we want to make you make sure we're all doing good in this world and we're going to be there for each other exactly but it's like it gets you kind of find yourself at a crossroads yeah some people are like telling you not to cry or they complain about you crying so much or yeah they just you they make you feel like a burden because they kind of tell you indiscreetly and you Mm -hmm. believe them Mm -hmm. but you know but then like you kind of you just just step away from yeah them, yeah those know? people don't matter yeah, just step, <laughs> yeah. step away and let yeah. them let them figure themselves yeah. out while you're still figuring yourself out yeah i definitely try to force relationships after mm-hmm. my stroke and that was probably because i wanted to be surrounded by people all the time but those people were hurting me in a way mm-hmm. and Damn. i also wanted to fulfill like my high school like kind of dream (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) when it first happened to me so I like returned to school and I put myself in positions that I deep down my gut was telling me I didn't really want to be in but Mm -hmm. 
I just did it for the sake of my past self. But my past self didn't really have to endure what I was enduring at the time. So I should have listened to my present, you know? Yeah, yeah. Lessons learned. Lessons, <laughs> lessons learned, honestly. Yeah, but when you started um, isolating yourself, um, would you say that was a better thing you did for yourself so that you can you were finally with your thoughts, your emotions, and you were able to figure yourself out without like being distracted by the outside? Yeah, it granted me clarity. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I think... I think isolating yourself is fine if you do it with good intentions. intentions yeah. And when you do hang out with people, don't have kind of smitten negative thoughts about mm-hmm. like what the people are thinking of you or mm-hmm. why are you even here? Like, what's the point of all this? You yeah, know, yeah. just those kinds of thoughts and thinking won't, you know, that won't grant you clarity. That'll probably make you more confused yeah. <laughs> as ever. And that's kind of how I kind of started developing social anxiety too mm-hmm. for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Because I, at first, just thought that no one really wanted me around. You know, if someone didn't like reach out to me, I just like thought like, oh, they like probably hate me. <laughs> like, or, or like, I'm yeah. probably so annoying. And, yeah. you know, it was just kind of accepting that. Mm-hmm. But even though that's, like, kind of unrealistic and dramatic. but <laughs> And then it kind of escalated to the point where I was so analytical about every single thing I used to do and say in front of people. And I would never trust myself to allow myself to be myself around other people mm-hmm. or, like, let myself flow in social situations. Mm-hmm. And that's when the anxiety kind of peaked. Mm-hmm. And... I was only happy when I was, like, by myself because that was the only time where I was comfortable. Mm-hmm. Damn, and, damn, yeah. damn, damn, damn. <laughs> well, I mean, look where you are today. You know? <laughs> you're, you're brave enough to share the story and put a light on others who are going through this. And yeah, I think, that's yeah. something very special already. Um, and on Thank top you. of that... <laughs> yeah, no, no. And on, and on top of that, like, look at you, dude. You're... You're athletic. You're doing all this stuff. Like, I saw you, like, post all these things on your Instagram that, like, you're doing so well. And you're kind of back to, like, where you're, where you want to be. And it's it's truly, like, damn, this person grinds. Yeah, but even though you see that part, you know, you, you're... When people see, like, this perfect vision of mm-hmm. someone, they don't want to believe that they have flaws because yeah, then yeah. what will, you know, if they follow the lead of this person, will they also carry flaws, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not true. I mean, I experience anxiety and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. those intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. they're not as nearly as bad as they were before mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, even come close because I think it's all about your thinking and your habits and your ability to let go and allow time and flow to do its thing. Yeah. You know, if you if you are so persistent on controlling every single aspect of your life, you won't you won't prosper in the future. Mhm. And just this morning I you know, I know like I kind of remembered something about my like eating disorder and mm-hmm. I used to never do this but I asked myself how I was feeling after that and 
my answers were kind of sad, a little hurt. Mm -hmm. And then I like shifted my perspective on what I was thinking of. And I just told myself that regardless of what happens, like you are trustworthy, you are determined, you are positive, you are bright, and your goal is to be happy in this life because mm -hmm. nothing else really matters. Yeah. And, um, so many people want so many other things, but like why nothing else truly matters <laughs> other yeah. than being happy. Yeah. If Everyone's you, striving for one thing, yeah. which is happiness, but it's kind of like, you don't you really, get clouded. You get <laughs> clouded with a lot of external forces. Exactly. Right? You see other people succeeding, especially through social media. You see like, mm -hmm these people are, like, becoming rich and famous or, like, they're getting all these new yeah. experiences. Why am I sitting at, like, home on my yeah. bed? <laughs> like, Just, like, doing nothing. But, like, yeah, you don't know their story. Yeah. They have a story to tell. They don't, like... Dude, a lot of them don't like being put on pedestals and shit, you know? They're human, too, and they want to be treated like humans. Yeah. But just in those, this world we are today, dude, it's... Things are multi-leveled people are put in different levels and they're looked at differently even though everyone is human exactly yeah and especially you get into the habit of like talking down on yourself because people you know label fuck labels first of all <laughs> i just want to mention this in the podcast <laughs> i think labels are the worst things ever mm -hmm. because everyone is just so unique you know, if you, mm -hmm. you can't characterize a person by just a label. You mm -hmm. can't say like, oh, I'm like alternative or like I'm like <laughs> or like I'm a skater. Like, no, <laughs> you're more than those things. Yeah. You're more than a label. Like and I'm, like I'm Parshawn, you're Shadden. That's, yeah. that's like the only yeah. real label. Like you exactly. are yourself. Exactly. And those labels are just they're just making it easier for judgmental people to define you. Mm -hmm. Define you, sorry. But mm -hmm. if you just say screw labels, like I'm going to be me and just allow others to form their opinions on me, then that just gives you a, a big sense of emotional and personal freedom. And freedom is having emotional freedom is so important. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I think when I was anxious and depressed, I truly felt like my head was a cage mm -hmm. and there was no way of escaping that cage. But, you know, what I kind of, what kind of helped me get out of that hole was I would, like, challenge myself with, like, one thing a week. And, for example, like, the first week I would say, like, um, you're going to try, like, a new thing. You're going to challenge, like, your old perspective. Because I, in the end, I wanted my, like, result to be, like, a shifted, pers like, mindset on life. Because mm -hmm. I was very pessimistic and I wanted to, like, become an optimistic person mm -hmm. and, like, loving. You know, the person I once was that I kind of, like, lost. <laughs> and mm -hmm. even if you were never optimistic, that doesn't, by no means, you can always try this. <laughs> or, like, for the second week, I would say, like, you can't talk down on yourself. And, like, mm -hmm. the third week, I would say, like, you're going to, like, reach out to someone and, like, spread love and, like, for Aww. a good reason, you know? That's, <laughs> so, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it really helped. And I think being there for others actually helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. And it taught me how to be there for myself, too, because you see how nice you are to other people. And then you kind of learn to reflect that back yeah. on yourself. Yeah. Like, be, you know? be that person you are for others for yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, and challenge yourself, talk. Challenge your yeah. subconscious beliefs, yeah. you know? Don't be afraid of your thoughts. Face them. 
your brain is so malleable. Like, I remember in quarantine, I was just like, I, there was this one day I was watching a video about mental health mm-hmm. and I was so scared about my own future because I was learning about all of these different mental disorders mm-hmm. and this was also after someone had called me brain damaged and so I started to be so afraid of my own brain, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I think especially having a brain hemorrhage and having something change in my brain, like the chemical aspects of it, just made me so anxious about my brain and what is that in general going on? Yeah. yeah i used to sometimes even be driving and if i got a headache i'd be like, i'd be afraid of like having a stroke again because like that's kind of what yeah. triggered my stroke in general yeah. Yeah. or in the first place yeah. and so i was like sitting on the ground and i was so afraid for of my future as like a human being like will mm-hmm. i always have to be struggling with this mm-hmm. but then you know i just got myself out of that headspace i said like i don't want to like this how how did you how did you do that if you were to like you know right now kind of what what change in perspective made you do this or like what step did you take to make you feel like okay i'm gonna flip this like what was that it took time Mm -hmm. patience and all that yeah but i think a big indicator that I wanted a better future for myself was the fact that I was taking no action on those negative thoughts. So I knew that, well, if I'm not like going to do anything about it, then it's a waste of time to be so negative. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, there's no point in being so pessimistic if you're going to, like you're on this earth, you're going to stay here. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you might as well make the most of it. And it just, um, it just made me feel more motivated to get back to being a light in this world. But it that was just the, like the start. The start. There, are, there were so many steps I had to take. Yeah, yeah. And then I began to like just question myself because I had lost trust with myself. So, you know, just figuring out like who I am what I'm here for just gave me a big sense of peace Mm -hmm. with what had happened to me. Mm -hmm. And that's important because if you, if you don't think that there's a meaning in your suffering, then, you know, you're just on this earth to suffer. Mm -hmm. That sucks. (laughs) That'll make you feel very, it'll make the reality feel very bleak. Mm -hmm. But if you think like it was a thing of my past, it's not going to burden me anymore. I learned what I can from it, and I'm going to continue on and press further. Mm -hmm. Then you feel kind of strong again. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're not your thoughts, right? So that was something else that I had learned where I had to, I had to, like, truly believe that. Yeah. And... Like you and that, that takes time as well. Like like you and that, what you mean is, like, you and that, like, other voice in your head are two separate things. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to choose the thoughts I wanted to you know Mm -hmm. carry on and if whenever I think something and I I try to like be mindful and think like is this thought like gonna help me achieve a goal that I want in the future then like I keep it but if it's like not gonna (laughs) then I say like whatever like doesn't matter yeah you kind of just say check Get out yeah, of here. Yeah, bye. You're like, check marking it off. Like, exactly. Ah, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't oh, truly you can it. stay. Yeah. Can stay. yeah. 
That's good. That's good. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot what I was going to bring up. <laughs> um, what was it about? It was about... Your thoughts on things? Something your change in perspective? Oh, okay. Yeah. It takes a while to kind of change your subconscious beliefs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I started to become very, like analytical because you know i'm i'm hard i like just until last week i realized i was like very hard on myself (laughs) and i like and that like being hard on yourself just makes you so anxious because like like you like are like why are those intrusive thoughts happening like what is wrong with me why why are you not like positive 100 percent of the time Mm -hmm. but it takes a long time to like build habits Mm -hmm. and get into the habit of positive thinking and so like I just started to accept that I'm, like, a free thinker. I'm a human being, like, and I have, like, a conscious mind, a subconscious mind. You know, it's okay that things, like, pop up. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, I just don't have to choose them. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But I would. Yeah. I used to think that it was the end of the world. Yeah. And, you know, that just made me mm-hmm. very anxious and scared because what if I followed along with those, like, intrusive thoughts, like, those depressed thoughts those anxious thoughts but you know you're, I'm not those things mm-hmm. I get to like let them pass and flow through and I'm not I'm trying not to be as so like much of like a stick I'm trying to be more fluid and mm-hmm. you know go with the flow you're trying, to, you're trying to be like one of those things at the gas station yeah <laughs> that's me <laughs> I like that I like that damn so what is Shadden doing today and what has Shadden found out and what does she, what, does she, what does she want to do? Um, well, I've been doing homework. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. But interesting thing is that I used to be like the, I used to love school. And mm-hmm. I, that sounds so nerdy, but I used to be the biggest nerd. Mm-hmm. And then after my stroke, when, you know, people were telling me that, oh, I like, it wouldn't be the best thing to go back to school. I kind of did it anyway. But it really depleted my confidence in learning and studying subjects mm-hmm. because whether I wanted to acknowledge it or not, my focus wasn't as good. Things were harder for me. I had to learn how to write with the opposite hand and like taking notes was just difficult mm-hmm. because of that. I learned how to write with the opposite hand now, by the way, but, but at the time <laughs> it was like so messy and gross. Uh-huh. And, um, and then I, you know, I have double vision. So just like I would get migraines a lot of the time and get learning how to adapt with that or adapt to that mm-hmm. just it hurt my ego and so I thought like oh I'm not good at it now so I'm just not gonna press forward and then so I just became the worst studier and like I you know I lost that side of myself mm-hmm. and especially after you know that person had called me brain damaged right mm-hmm. but because it was like kind of an insecurity of mine I started to believe it, and so I stopped trying in school. Mm-hmm. And my grades suffered that semester. And, you know, I just had to realize why I'm doing it again. And I had to, first of all, took bravery to just try something mm-hmm. that may or may not have been worth my while. Because if I'm, here, here is what I was, like, literally thinking, even though it's just so, like, preposterous like I would I would be like Shannon if you're actually brain damaged like why don't you just try and if you fail like, <laughs> like then you like no harm no foul yeah exactly. and if you succeed then 
congrats. Exactly. <laughs> and so it just took me taking that leap of faith for me to get out of like yeah. that rut or whatever yeah. that was. And like now I just kind of trust myself again mm-hmm. and I go with the flow and I like I know that I want to study and mm-hmm. I want to have a good future. Mm-hmm. So why not trust myself? Yeah. Like there's no reason for me to doubt yeah. whatever I'm doing or for me to question myself or me for me to care about yeah. what other people may think of me. Yeah. Because, you know, this is what I want to do and you know, I'm happy with that now. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah, exactly. So like when Okay, so what do I want to say? Oh yeah. So um you're saying that when someone is doubting themselves and not doing the things that they think they can't do, that's the same thing as doing it and failing. Yeah. So there's there's no reason in trying to do it because it's either you're failing, which is the same thing as not doing it, or you're getting <laughs> or you're achieving something. Literally, yeah. It's, that's kind of yeah. That's a great yeah great mentality. And also, like I wasn't not doing that, like studying, or mm-hmm. I wasn't not doing a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like I like there were a lot of limits that people kind of imposed on me or told me that I could and could not do. Mm-hmm. And like me not being able to do those things because someone else told me not to didn't really feel right. And so it hurt my heart it, quite literally. If yeah, if you're like kind of in touch yourself mm-hmm. with yourself, then you kind of like realize that like this, like these actions are impacting me in this way. And after I, like, kind of discovered that about myself, then, you know, I just had to say, screw it. Like, I'm going to try those things anyway. <laughs> yep. yep. That's yeah. good. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, Shadon. Um, uh, anything else you want to tell everyone? Or we can just leave it at this. There's a lot of good points you brought in and a lot of good insight into perspective. and Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Especially at a very young age, this is what people need to hear, you know? I think it all starts from a younger age of learning who you are as a person. Yeah. You know? And I think, like, what really matters is that you're happy and that you're happy within yourself Mm -hmm. and you're balanced. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times we, you know, create this... We, like, are struggling within ourselves mm-hmm. because, like, we're not doing what we truly want to do or because... Sorry, I'm blinking. That's, That's <laughs> I'm That's literally fine. blinking. <laughs> um, yeah, I think life's just, like, beautiful and, you know, there's no rules to it. So mm-hmm. just kind of figure out what it means to you and mm-hmm. be confident with that. Take the leap yeah. of faith. <laughs> Try to strive for happiness. That's all that matters, mm-hmm. really. In the end. Like, in the end. I'm thinking about the far future. Like. Yeah. yeah. In, in general. Like, that's yeah. something that, you know, don't think short term. Yeah, and have think, fun with everything. Think, like. <laughs> think long term and what's exactly. long term best for you. Yeah, and it's all about your perspective at, on things, and that's mm-hmm. very malleable. I think people think, like, oh, I don't like this thing because, like, that's just who I am. But mm-hmm. if you want to like it, just like it. You just know like what I mean? Just try it. Like it. Try yeah, it. Just, you might like it. Just you... have fun with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> if just... you're not having fun with it, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Just like you said, try it. And if you try it and you like it, you like it. 
Yeah. If you don't like it, it's the same thing as not trying it, but you might regret not trying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just have faith in yourself. And honestly, do not expect to not fail. I think Failing failure... Failure is the best, yeah. best thing you can do for yeah, yourself. Yeah, failure is when... When you're at the, when you're on the ground is like literally when you can grow, right? (laughs) I think if I hadn't accepted failure to a certain, like I talked about like how big my ego was Mm -hmm. and how big of a perfectionist I was. Mm -hmm. But in reality, if there was also this other side of me, I don't think if, if there wasn't this other side of me, I wouldn't have succeeded in like been able to walk again because Mm -hmm. I wasn't expected to walk and I wasn't expected to go back to school. I was literally expected to be kind of like a body bag, you know, (laughs) but, and I, and I think that if I didn't allow myself to fail, I wouldn't have grown. If I didn't allow myself to fall, because I've fallen downstairs, I've fallen down treadmills when, treadmills when I like am at the gym Mm -hmm. or I have gotten bad grades in school or I have kind of you know, I failed a lot, basically, yeah. on things that normal humans probably wouldn't, because, that's, that's fine. you know, that's but if fine. I wasn't okay with that and so comfortable with myself and so kind of pleased that, you know, I tried in the first place, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't have gotten to where I was now. I remember the first time I ran, mm-hmm. I just was very sore after, but, you know, all you could do is laugh. I don't, I don't think that <laughs> being so hard on yourself is, like, the key to anything. And uh-huh. I talked about this point of time when I was just so depressed. And this lasted probably half a year. Mm-hmm. But right out of the hospital, I was, like, very, very, like, a very happy person. And, and I think that's when my recovery was probably the strongest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when it got caught up with me and when I hadn't allowed myself to receive closure is probably when I got into such a bad, deep hole. Mm -hmm. But before that, I was just kind of doing my own thing, just kind of having a very nonchalant way of looking at it, going with the, like, motions, I guess, but in a good way, you Mm -hmm. know? I just wasn't so analytical about everything, and I wasn't overthinking so much Mm -hmm. all the time because sometimes overthinking really gets you nowhere yeah except something anxious yeah Yeah. i mean there's only so many things i like it's there's only so deep that you could go with like something Mm -hmm. and so when i like left rehab i was just working out every day just like trying to do what makes me happy like finding small things that Mm -hmm. i could enjoy again and just keeping it positive like i would literally dance with only like half my body working and like the other half like could barely move but you know you just can't overthink things sometimes mm-hmm. and I think that joy is like so childish but I think we can learn something you from need, you need that inner child yeah you literally. need the inner child there all the time yeah and uh, yeah keep yeah. going keep going oh sorry I, I was gonna yeah go, yeah going. I think my child self was mm-hmm. wronged by you know, what had happened to me. And so I had to heal my inner child. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell myself that it's okay to be happy again. Because some, like, twisted thinking in my brain was like, this is what, like, you were happy when it happened to you. So, like, you're afraid to, like, kind of let yourself loose again or let yourself be confident again because your body's so fragile. But in the end, like, you can't really control, like, what happens. Mm -hmm. Like, your body is 
as fragile as it's going to be. Yeah. So, you know, just let your, be confident and let yourself like take risks, be happy, have fun. You know, you yeah. can't take everything so seriously. You There's no live, point in that. <laughs> and it's really, that's easier said than done. But mm-hmm. you know, once you loosen the reins, like you just can't stop. It's just like, you know, once you have fun with it, you like, you can't. There's no going back. Let it, let it, let it flow, baby. Let yeah. It flow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great point, Shadow. Honestly. Thank you. Um, damn. 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 That's great. I can't even. But you know what's yeah. What's like worse about it is that uh-huh. some people don't even realize that they're having blockages within themselves. Because you know, if you don't self-reflect, how are you gonna know? If you don't think about why you are the way you are today, then you're not going to understand what you could be doing differently. And I think like kind of not like actually leaving your body, but just like (laughs) leaving like your mind Mm -hmm. and reaching like a higher self and like thinking about like, how would I be if like this didn't happen to me? And like, who do you want to be in the future? That helped me have like a bigger way of thinking, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. You see things, like, more full circle. Yeah, you're more like, you're more like, you're not your influences, you're not your thoughts, you're like this great, you're like, you're a bigger thing than that. You're a bigger thing, (laughs) the biggest thing from, the biggest thing. You're the universe. Yeah, you are the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a part of the universe and you could be whoever you want. It's all about what you manifest and what you allow to come into your life and Mm -hmm. how accepting you are of change. Like, nothing good can come from being so closed off and rigid just doing nothing yeah or just like not even accepting the things that come your way you know i agree it's all about accepting it yeah accepting it and then seeing like and then you accept it you see it okay that's fine (laughs) yeah that's fine it's okay i'm here but well once you accept it you see a ton of more doors open exactly yeah you see a ton of more doors open and like once you, like, broaden your headspace, yeah, yeah. you just, like, I know exactly what you mean. Because sometimes when you're in a bad point, mm-hmm. you only think, like, this is, like, what you have to do. Yeah. But then when you just, like, calm down and take a step back uh-huh. and, like, try to relook at things, you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm being dramatic. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, there's, like, this is there's I, like, <laughs> a million more things. Yeah, Not like, million, there, I have so many a, options. There's a ton of options to do, dude. You can do yeah. anything. You could do anything in this yeah. life, like, yeah. in this world. Yeah. Like, you know. Take the leap, baby. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I think that having kind of a childlike sense of joy and finding, like, happiness in the... It just, nothing has to be, like, so lavish or, like... <laughs> no. Or, like, what is the standard, like, false perception that we create for, like, happiness? Yeah. You know, this ridiculous standard will make us incapable of, like ever being happy you know you just have to find joy in like everything mm-hmm. i and that's like all i want to do i i doubt anyone would want anything else yeah. <laughs> like why, why would you want to be miserable until you get to this certain point you know what i mean yeah you always have to keep that inner child in check you yeah. know you can't let go of that inner child like oh i'm grown up now i'm gonna act like an adult like all yeah this. what are, like, society no. fuck society <laughs> yeah. society has this label on what we should be doing based upon mm-hmm. the time we have left on earth. No. Time is relative and it's like this man-made thing uh-huh. that like <laughs> that means nothing. Yeah. Like we're all organic beings put on this earth. Yes. yes. Like why does this man-made 
stupid concept mean anything to us? (laughs) And yeah, I think just, (laughs) you know, you just can't really care about society and like what it tells you to do because, well, first of all, like, it's not really looking out for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the people on top are looking out for themselves and you're looking out for you. So yeah. just have to be in touch with be in touch what truly with, matters. Yeah. Be in touch with yourself. Yeah. And that, like we said, involves keeping the inner child. Yeah, don't be afraid of being outlandish and, like, unique. Like, yeah. everyone has different upbringings, different different ways of thinking. We yeah. all have something to share. We all and, have something to share. Yeah. And, and it's also all, it's something all, that brings us together, yeah, you know? And it's all worth a lot. Yeah. Perspective from everyone, from anyone, is yeah. worth a lot. Yeah. Because that, that makes you reflect on yourself. Yeah. And even escaping, like, a past mindset that you might have, mm-hmm. I don't think it's possible without looking at the bigger picture. Like, there are days where I just drive up to, like, a mountaintop and like look at the view and think like oh my god I'm so small like why do I think like why do I think my problems are actually that important like you're gonna be fine (laughs) and you know it's somewhat nice to feel so unimportant in a way Mm because you know you can do whatever you want and also like like just feeling like you know the only thing that brings us together is like you know love and like nothing else really matters so you know everyone can just do what you they like Mm -hmm. want and, like, you know, we're all just going to just love each other regardless of what you end up doing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because yeah. some people are so afraid of, like, disappointing their parents or, like, disappointing their friends yeah, and family. We've all been there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, love is truly the only thing that ties us together. So just, you know, do what you want. You know, you'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> Everyone, no one truly cares. Like, your parents might be upset with you for, like, yeah, yeah. for like a day or something. But they have, like, they go back to their jobs. Yeah. They go to bed. They, like... <laughs> They, like, we know, we're all just doing our own thing. Yeah. You know? That's true. No one truly cares that much. And if they do, like, they truly don't. They just don't realize it yet. They don't realize <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Shadow. <laughs> thank um, you for having me. It was so fun. No, no, no problem. I, honestly, we can, we can do episodes of stuff and we can get introspective into other stuff if you want. I would love to do that. That'd be pretty cool. I think I feel like I talked more about my own problems right now Mm -hmm. just to kind of like get that off my chest to kind of see if anyone would grasp anything or like reflect. Resonate with it. Yeah, Yeah. like see themselves within me. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's really the conclusions I came to. If I thought only about myself, then I don't think I would be where I am today. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I just... That's fine though. I mean, everyone everyone has to... Yeah. Hear someone's story, yeah. You know, and like we said, get that perspective. And you delivered a lot of perspective, <laughs> so people are gonna hear this and they're gonna love it. And how long was that? Um, this was I don't even know because it felt like ten minutes. <laughs> literally. Yeah, I think, I think it's been like an hour and a half. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, but it's, yeah, I it's think been an hour and a half. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not sure. Maybe more, maybe less. I don't yeah. know. But around that, just like tapping into like. You know, something beyond yourself Mm -hmm. kind of gives you the sense that this is your physical body Mm -hmm. and your thoughts are just so influenced by your outer, like, forces. forces, So what does that even mean? You are something so much higher. You're like a higher being, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All righty.
Thank you for thank having you, me. Thank you. It was thank so you. much fun. Yeah, we'll see you around. Alrighty. Yes. Have a good one, everyone. Peace. Take Love. A, Bye. Take a true look into yourself after this one. All right. Have a good time. Have a good time. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> Whenever you're listening to this. All right, guys. Smile today. Smile. Do something that makes you happy. Yes, exactly. All right. Thank you. Bye. Peace.